Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Nursing It podcast. I'm your host, David Larson. And today, I will be going over disorders of the hypothalamus and pituitary gland. This will be the start, part one, of a four-part series regarding hormonal regulation under pathophysiology and pharmacology. Before I begin, I would like to remind listeners that if you have any questions regarding past topics or want me to go over something in the future podcast, please email me at nursingitpodcast at gmail.com. I'll make sure to address your questions. With that said, sit back, relax, and let's jump right into everything to do with the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland. So to start with, the hypothalamus is a hormone-releasing organ, and it is part of the automatic nervous system, and it communicates either directly or indirectly with the pituitary gland. Now what I mean by that is it directly has neural projections which lead to the pituitary gland, specifically the posterior pituitary gland. Now this will encourage the release of oxytocin and ADH, but the hypothalamus also produces hormones which allows to communicate with the anterior pituitary gland. So there are a number of releasing hormones that the hypothalamus will release to communicate with the anterior pituitary gland. This includes CRH, which will cause the pituitary to release ACTH, which will go to the adrenal cortex to release corticosteroids, GNRH, which will release FSH and LH, which will go to the ovaries and testes to release estrogen, eggs, or even uh, to produce sperm. The hypothalamus can also release GHRH, which will cause the pituitary to release GH, or growth hormone, and this will go to body cells and cause physiological changes there. Two more, the hypothalamus will release TRH, or thyroid-releasing hormone, causing the pituitary to release thyroid-stimulating hormone, which will go to the thyroid and cause it to release T3 and T4. More on that on part two of our podcast regarding hormonal regulation. And finally, the hypothalamus can release PRH, or prolactin-releasing hormone, whereas the pituitary will release prolactin, which will go to the mammary glands and produce milk. So now that we got through that kind of anatomy physiology review, Let's go into some of the pathophysiology and disorders that can result due to hypothalamus and the pituitary gland. So the first one we'll talk about today is what is called an adenoma, or a tumor on a hormone-producing cell. This is actually seen 
one out of ten post-mortem cases. So one out of ten deaths might be due to an adenoma. So this adenoma will lead to an increase in production of a hormone. This will also cause an increase in the size of that hormone producing organ, which can lead to increased pressure as it is pushing on other structures. An example of that, of a pituitary adenoma, it can actually push on dura matter and can cause people to experience headaches. So the moron pituitary adenoma it can actually lead to infarction or hemorrhaging, where it actually destroys the gland. The most common anterior pituitary disorder is called prolactinoma. Now, this can either be a macroadenoma, where it is has an increase in the size, which causes symptoms, or a microadenoma, where you increase in the hormone. Now, this will affect the feedback loop. What does that mean? What is a feedback loop in anatomy and physiology exactly? Well, feedback loops act extensively to regulate secretion of hormones in the hypothalamic pituitary axis. So a quick example of that, uh, we'll, we'll go over prolactin with a, a pituitary adenoma, prolactinoma. So, an increase in prolactin will lead to a decrease in GnRH. This is a hormone that is needed for the secretion of FSH, follicle-stimulating hormone, and luteinizing hormone, or LH. So a decrease in GnRH will lead to a decrease in estrogen, and this can actually lead to infertility. Now, a different kind of adenoma is caused by the growth hormone secreting adenoma. So growth hormones are necessary to promote growth. It causes lipolysis. It encourages bone development. It increases protein synthesis. And it can actually increase the size of internal organs and increase the metabolism of insulin. So what happens with growth hormone uh, irregular irregularities in children? So children can either experience growth hormone uh, deficiencies, and this can lead to interference with linear bone growth. So this is where you would see people with a shorter stature, and you would call them pituitary dwarfism. Now this is congenital, so what you need is recombinant humone growth hormone replacement therapy. So if, if this is identified by careful management by about one years old, you can actually, with replacement therapy, person can leave a normal life. Now, this shorter stature, this person with shorter stature will have a normal intelligence, but have an increased chance of obesity, and of course will have delayed skeletal maturation. Now, in children who have growth hormone excess, this will lead to an increase in linear bone growth and lead to gigantism.
which where where they will grow and grow and grow with no limits now most of deaths from gigantism actually are caused by an increase in blood glucose as mentioned growth hormone will lead to the increase in metabolism of insulin which can actually lead to hyperglycemia in people now this can lead to an increase in infection and septic race rate for these people with gigantism and that will lead to death now growth hormones in adult will also can get deficiency or you can get excess but this is different because you're already at the adult stage so your uh, linear bone growth is finished now in adults with a deficiency in growth hormone due to hypopituitarism or pituitary tumor or even central nervous system trauma, what can happen is you can lead to cardiovascular mortality as you get an increased atherosclerotic plaque buildup and as your insulin is produced in excess as well. So a simple cure for this is you just get uh, growth hormone therapy. No big deal. Now, where you can get a problem and there's actually a disorder called acromegaly this is excess growth hormone and this is stimulated after bone development in adulthood so this is due to a somatotrope adenoma of the anterior pituitary now what happens with this is an increase in growth hormone will increase your igf1 factors which is uh, your increase in your internal organ uh, size, and it can actually lead to an increase in fat free fatty acid and ketoacidosis. You'll also get an increase in insulin production and overstimulation of the beta cells, which can actually lead to burnout of the pancreas. Now, some things that happen with the acromegaly include cardiomyalgia, which can lead to hypertension, uh, you can get hyperostosis, which can lead to a lot of thoracic problems, and you get an increase in the size of your hands and your feet and your facial uh, features, so you're looking very different than other people. And most of the time, the treatment for acromegaly is you can have a somatostatin analog, so this helps with a feedback inhibition of growth hormone, a dopamine agonist to decrease your growth hormone levels, or growth hormone receptor agonists to help decrease your serum IGF-1. So all that is pretty interesting, but kind of out of the range for some people. Some people might actually experience a different kind of growth hormone irregularity and that is called perniscous sexual development so this is caused by the activation of hypothalamic pituitary um, hormones early in age so this happens where uh, young women and young men women before the age of seven and men before the age of nine actually experience puberty and this can happen either genetically 
or due to obesity. And you see that quite often in obese children, they will start to experience puberty sooner than others. So that is all well and good when it comes to growth hormones and adenomas. Let's jump out of that and move more so into the pituitary itself, specifically hypopituitarism. So this could be due to a head injury or actually surgeries to help remove adenomas. And because it's hypo, you're going to get deficiency in all the uh, pituitary hormones. Now, some clinical indications for this is basically you just need to have replacement therapy that focuses on the pituitary hormones. So some prototype drugs to help with this, and one major one, is called somatostat, uh, somatropin. This is a prototype drug with a mechanism of action to help replace growth hormone. So the adverse effects with this is everything to do with an excess in growth hormone, including insulin resistance, uh, hypothyroidism, hypertension, that kind of stuff. But it is very good if you have hypopituitarism. Now, another disorder of the pituitary um, includes ADH disorders or antidiuretic hormone disorders. So antidiuretic hormone helps regulate the fluid balance in the body and is released by the uh, posterior pituitary gland. So what happens is, say you're dehydrated, you're going to have a increase in the release of antidiuretic hormone so that you do not urinate as much to retain uh, liquid and fluid. If you're overhydrated, your ADH levels will decrease and then you urinate more and more. Now what ADH will actually do, not only will it promote thirst and reduce urine output, it can actually also do vasoconstriction, which can help with increase in blood pressure. Very, very cool. Now some ADH disorders around this, um, specifically that we'll talk about today, is diabetes insipidus. Now this is different than diabetes mellitus 1 or 2 as it res results due to an ADH deficiency. Now it has nothing to do with your blood sugar. So basically what you get with this is you do not have any ADH in your body leading to large amounts of dilute urine and excessive thirst. Your urine osmolarity will decrease and your serum sodium and osmolarity will skyrocket. This will lead to dehydration and hypernatremia, which can actually lead to a coma. And to cure this, here's the pharma pharmacology part of it, you need a prototype drug called vasopressin. Now this is uh, has a mechanism of action where it is identical to ADH. Its therapeutic uses, of course, to as a replacement treatment and therapy for diabetes insipidus, and adverse effects come with anything where you get excessive ADH, so you can get hypertension, uh, you can get angina, 
which can increase your risk of, of MI. And you can get fluid retention, and which can lead to headaches, drowsiness, and even a coma. So it needs to be monitored very, very closely. And with that, that finishes part one of our four-part uh, series on hormonal regulation. Stay tuned uh, for our next episode regarding the thyroid and thyroid diseases. As always, you can reach me at nursingitpodcast at gmail.com. If you need me to clarify anything from this podcast or past podcasts, I'd be happy to help anyone out with that. Until then, I hope you'll keep safe, keep happy, and I look forward to talking to you all very soon. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.